Welcome again to LexCity.tv. We're so glad you've joined us today for Summer at Lex City. No matter where you're joining us from, we're happy to have you as a part of our online church family. We're so grateful for the way that you generously give to support the ministry of our church. More information about the online giving process can be found on LexCity.info by clicking on Give Online. You can also text to give at 84321. Now let's join Pastor Brian as we continue to focus on Jesus together. Today I want to look at one of my favorite parables. I think it teaches a profound truth that was relevant 2,000 years ago, but I think it plays even more true today. It's not a popular truth, and it's not one that we like to hear. And Jesus knew that when he was speaking it to the crowd, so he speaks to them in a form of a parable. Now just to remind you what a parable is, it's this. A parable, it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. In other words, it's a story, it's details that everybody can relate to, but if you are willing to hear and listen, it's going to have a heavenly meaning. If you remember, we talked about why Jesus used parables in week one, the idea that those who were spiritually seeking would have the ability to hear, and those that didn't have spiritual interest, those that were spiritually blind, would not be held accountable for more truth that they're receiving. The issue always was, was the content, was not the content, but it was the condition of the heart. I would encourage you, if you missed week one, go back and watch that sermon. It kind of lays the framework for this entire series as we're looking at the parables of Jesus. So if the condition of the heart is the key for us receiving and learning and hearing, then I want to take time to remind us even today, as we look at the parable of Jesus, I want to encourage you to have ears to hear. Those of you that are joining us online, I know it's so easy to become distracted with a thousand other things going on or to multitask with seven other things or the kids are running around. But in this moment, can I just encourage you to open your hearts, be present to what the Lord has to say to you, even if you're hanging out in your pajamas this morning. The issue is the condition that we have. Now, as we lay out this parable today, I want to start with this extremely powerful and fundamental truth. And here's the truth that wasn't popular 2,000 years ago, and it's certainly not popular today. And the truth is simply this, that life is not fair. That God never promised us fairness in this life. We're going to see today that God promised justice, but he doesn't promise fairness. In fact, fairness ended in, in the Garden of Eden. And I share that because we live in a time in our culture where the outcry seems to be over and over again for for fairness, right? Every kid gets a trophy, and somehow we have confused equal opportunity with equal outcomes. And the difference in that is, is transformational. We've seen this whole idea of equal outcomes. It's sneaked into even like our universities. We see a pushback to extreme socialism and thoughts that everything should be fair at the end. Now listen. As good as that feels and as nice as that sounds, the trouble is that's not what the Bible teaches. We're going to see today that the parable that God's going to show us today is reminds us that this, that God is not fair, but God is just. And so that's where we're heading today. Parents, as we delve into this topic, can I just encourage you, this is so important, that we teach our children this worldview and perspective. You see, if they view the world through the lens of fairness, the fruit of that is, is a sense of entitlement. I must get what everybody else has. It it's, creates in them a discontentment for who they are and what they have and who God has created them to be. And ultimately, 
If you view the world through the lens of fairness, you lose the ability to celebrate with the successes of others. So this is a big deal. And this is why Jesus chose to teach this parable. I think even today, as I think about where we are in 2020, our our society, our culture is facing some of the impact of this kind of thinking of fairness. So I want to encourage us as we delve in today that the breakdown of our culture comes in the breakdown of our family and a breakdown of our marriages and the breakdown of teaching biblical truth at the, in the homes. And so today, this truth is profound for you and for me. So let's dig into this important truth that Jesus chose to wrap in the context of a parable. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, uh, we're going to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 25. If you've got your devices, turn them on again to lexcity.info, everything that's happening at our church. All the sermon notes are right there at lexcity.info. Matthew chapter 25, and it says this. And again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story or a parable. And the parable is this, of a man going on a long trip. And he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Today, we're talking about the parable of the talents. Now, as we think about this idea of talents, there's some debate on exactly what this word talent means. Is it talents like physical abilities, like singing or speaking, or is it purely dealing with the idea of a financial amount or talents? I think as we look at Matthew 25, I think maybe the application is a little broader than both of those. The idea of a talent in the ancient world dealt with this issue of weight or worth. And so he gives the context of here. It says silver, a, a, a bag or a talent of silver. Now silver at that point, a bag was worth about 6,000 denarii. And a denarius, one denarius was what you normally got paid when you worked one day of labor. So 6,000 would be equal to 6,000 days of work or 16 years of employment. So you're going to see it for one, two, and five. Here's the point of the parable, that we're dealing with a large amount of money or giftedness or value that the talent that Jesus is speaking of has great worth. So as we jump into this, here's the question. Who is the originator of these talents that we're looking at? Well, let's go back to Matthew 25, verse 14. It says this, And again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story or the parable of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants, and here's the key, who's the originator of these talents, entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Here's the point I want to remind you, that there's this wonderful partnership that God has with us, that God gives it to us, and then it's our responsibility to work it out. Now, what he gives each servant in this context isn't fair. It's not equal. It's not the same handouts. It's not equal things here, but everybody is required, and everybody has responsibility for what they're given. So what does he do? Go to verse 15. And he gave, here's the distinction, five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Now think about this. Wait, it's not fair, right? It's not fair. You can hear one of the servants crying out, everybody should get the equal number of bags. It should be 2.66 bags per person. And give me a blue ribbon when I'm all done, right? That's not how God works. God determines that he's going to distribute, right, this talent based upon something. It's not arbitrary. Go back to verse 15. And he gave five bags to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it, here's the key, in proportion to their abilities. 
Then he left on his trip. See, the, the, the talents were given based on, depending on their abilities. And every person has different abilities. Now think about that. Many of the abilities that we have, we, we have nothing to do with. We, we had no impact, no influence on where we were born, what gender we were, what race we were. We had no influence into what family we were born into. We had no impact into how tall we were or how short we were or if we had great hair or no hair. All these things were predetermined. I had no input into my God-given IQ that I had at birth. These are the things that there. Now, none of this is fair. So here's what God says. Listen, I'm not judging you based on those things. I'm judging it on how you respond and how you leverage and how you use the gifts or the talents that I've given you. And again, what I love about this parable is the distribution of these talents. It wasn't an arbitrary thing, but it was in proportion to what? How they had leveraged their abilities in the past. So if we're going to be judged on how we steward our talents, our gifts, and our abilities, then we need to make sure that we are leveraging and stewarding them well, regardless of the amount of talents that we've been given. So how do we do that? Let's go back to verse 16. And the servant, all right, who received the five bags of silver, look at these keywords, began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. Let's look at the third one. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money that we have. You know, the second great principle is this, that God gives it, and it's up to us to work it out. Tammy and I just recently moved, and any of you who are now homeowners, you understand what that means. It's more home projects and things that you need to fix and update. And in our older home, one of the things was the closet that we had. And so in order to create a wardrobe, I headed off to Ikea. Now, some of you are already smiling and laughing because you have experienced this, and you know where this story is going. Three trips later, I finally had my 119 boxes and all of my bags and all of my instructions, and I was ready to go. I'd made it home. Now, here's the point. I had all the pieces that I needed to accomplish the task. I just had to do the work. In fact, not only did I have all the pieces, I had a, a manual. I had instructions to tell me how I was supposed to do it. I just had to do the work. Now, listen, it was not easy. There was some yelling I'll confess, even some crying. But hours later, I finally had accomplished the task that I had set out to do. It was all there originally. It was all in the boxes. I just had to do the work to get it out. You, you know, the same principle is true in our lives, that we have all the pieces necessary to do and to be who God has called us to be and who God has created us to be in such a powerful way. He's put it in us, right? We just have to get it out. We live in a time in a, in a day where it's not very popular to talk about taking personal responsibility and the doing the work to get things out. But Jesus says this is the key, that you've been given all that you need. And we need to avoid that feeling of being entitled, the feeling like I should just receive this reward without doing the work. It's kind of like the kids whose moms buy them all the greatest gear and yet they have no game to support the gear. I was reminded back in my middle school days, 
And uh, I lived in a, in a part of the town where most of our kids didn't have all the latest and greatest gears. And so on our basketball team, uh, most of us wore the canvas Chuck Taylors or the knockoff shoes. And when we would travel to the suburbs, they would all have the full leather Dr. J's or the Adidas top tens. If you remember those days and listen, we would love to go and play because here we'd laugh all the time because they had all the gear, but they didn't have the game. All I am saying is back to back city champions from Bancroft Junior High School. And listen, I want to tell you, Quit worrying about the gear if you don't have the game. That's what Jesus is teaching in this parable, to start there. So he says, start with the inside, right? And then move towards the things on the outside, and they'll take care of themselves. Second Timothy, I love what the Lord says. He says this, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. See, it's in you. We've just got to work at getting it out. Guard the deposit that's entrusted to you. Now listen, in the context of 2 Timothy, this is the gospel. This is your, your Christian life. This is the spiritual gifts that God has given to you. God has entrusted them to you. God has put them in you, but it's up to you and I to work it out. Listen, every spiritually mature man or woman that you know understands this principle, that they've had to work out their faith. It's kind of the principle of Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. We're not working out our salvation, but we're working out our becoming more like Christ every day. These kind of spiritually mature people, these are the folks who in the morning will spend time in the Word rather than just staying in bed. These are the folks who will pray rather than simply pray. These are the folks who will forgive rather than retaliate. They've had the discipline, the willingness every day to just do the work to maximize the gifts that God has given them. So I think about that. Tammy and I, we, we just celebrated our 30-year anniversary, our wedding anniversary, and it's hard to believe 30 years ago, as young kids, we stood before one another. And in that moment, that sacred moment, as we shared our vows, here's what I'm reminded. God gave us everything we needed to have the marriage we've always dreamed of and the marriage we always wanted. Over the next 30 years, the process has been, are we willing to work it out? He gave us the foundation of our faith in him. He gave us the Holy Spirit who would lead and guide us. And he gave us the commitment to say, we're going to fight for this marriage. Now listen, 30 years, boy, I didn't understand the depth of that day, those statements like for better, for worse, <laughs> for richer, for poor. I mean, those are 30 years that Good times and bad times and joys and sorrows, times of forgiveness and doing the hard work of counseling, of help, and just coming around saying, listen, we are committed to this. Here's the great part, because God put it in us. If we're willing to do the work for us 30 years later, we're experiencing the joy of the marriage we've always dreamed of. And I thank the Lord for that. It was in us. We just had to spend the time and the work to bring it out. So here's the question for you today. What, what are you doing, listen, what, what are you doing to maximize the talents that God has put in you? What are you reading? Who are you meeting with that's gonna challenge you to grow and be greater in your faith or greater in your occupation? What are you doing in your daily routine that reinforces these things that God wants to put in you? Talents are a gift from the Lord, but we've gotta open that gift up every day. He goes on in verse 19. And after a long time, their master returned from his trip, and he called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward 
with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you so many more responsibilities. Let us celebrate together. And I love this. Two things happen when the master returns and the servant was found faithful with what he had. What He was get rewarded with more responsibility. And the second part was great is that he got to celebrate with the master. Can you imagine the joy someday when we stand in front of God and Jesus in eternity? Oh, I would love to hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And high five Jesus and celebrate these things together. That's the beauty. That's what the first servant experienced. The second servant now stands before the master in verse 22. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let us celebrate together. And I love this, that even though the amounts that they returned in investment were different, the celebration, the reward was exactly the same. Why? Because the issue is not the amount of the talent. The issue is the faithfulness in what you're doing with the amount that you've been given. That's why in the kingdom of God, listen, some of the greatest pastors are gonna be pastors in a small little church in a no-name town with 30 people who have been there faithfully 25 years just loving and shepherding and caring for people. And some five-talent megachurch pastors who are only operating at three talents are going to miss the blessing what God has for them. Many of the heroes in heaven will be people who are unknown. The private prayer warriors, the men and women who just spend time in the Word, who love their kids and love their, their grandkids in such a powerful way because God, again, is less concerned with the amount of the talents as he is with the faithfulness of those who use those talents. That's why a widow is honored when she only gave one mite. That's why God chose Moses, who doesn't speak well, to stand before the most powerful man on earth at this time, Pharaoh, and articulate what God wants for his people. That's why God uses a shepherd boy to overcome a giant. But if we're not careful, isn't it true? We love to compare ourselves. We love to compare my amount of talents with everybody else's talents. And listen, most of us are, are one or two talent people. And if we spend our entire life wishing and saying, what if, if I only had those five talents, if I only had that charisma, if I only had those musical abilities, if I only had that much money, man, then I would be special. Here's the problem. If we spend all of our time wishing and wanting for something we don't have, we're seldom ever gonna reach the potential that God has created us to be. The encouragement is to, Remember and celebrate who God has uniquely made you to be. If that's a one and a two talent, then that's where God wants you to be. Listen, for some of you today, you are five talent people. You're five talents in terms of your abilities and your giftedness and your talents. You're five talents in terms of your treasure. And listen, let me just say, I know there is a, that's a heavy burden. And that's a burden probably that only you understand in a unique way. Luke chapter 12, verse 48, the last part of it, Boy, it gives us solemn teaching for those five stars. It says, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be 
required. So we all have a personal responsibility, whether we're one, two, or five, and we're accountable for how we're stewarding the things that God has created in us. God doesn't want you to be any more than that, but he certainly doesn't want you to be any less than what he has created you to be. And that's the struggle that the third servant has. The third servant in this time has a misunderstanding of the heart of his master, and as a result, we're gonna see that he pays for it dearly. Verse 24, because this third servant never reaches his potential, we see in verse 24, when the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops that you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. And as the master responds, now listen, he feels like his master was harsh. He feels that his master was unfair and so he responds in, in such a way. Maybe he was angry because in this moment he didn't receive what was fair. He got five and he got two and you only gave me one talent of silver. And so listen, I'm just going to bury it, do nothing. I'll just give it back to you if that's how little you think of me in this moment. Now remember again what determined the amount of talents that each of the servants got. It was based on their past abilities or how they had stewarded things in the past. And based on the response of this third servant, I think it was gracious for the master even to entrust one talent to this man, but he did. And because the servant did nothing with this gift that was given to him, the response of the master was harsh, verse 26. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I had harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why did you deposit, why didn't you deposit my money in a bank? At least I would have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. But that's not fair. It's not, but it's just. You see, that's the heart of our master that he sees and he rewards on the basis of our faithfulness, on the basis of our stewardship to the things that he has given us. So now Jesus closes out as the crowd is listening, and now he gives them an application to the parable that he's been speaking. Verse 29, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So today for my fellow servants, listen, for all of us, we have been given different amounts of talents in our lives. It's not fair, but it's how God chooses to work. So each day, the goal of our lives should be to maximize, to steward the talents that God has given us. Now, when God says that, listen, can I encourage you? The words of Jesus are not to push us towards perfection and to become perfectionistic, but it's to push us towards a spirit of excellence. Let me just define these things for you. I, th I think of this as perfection is the desire to be the best and excellence is the desire to do your best. Here's the key word, it's desire to do your best. Because each one of us is different. It's not my best, it's not somebody else's best, it's your best. There's a limitation, right, of your time, talent, and your treasure that God has entrusted you with. But the key is to leverage and to maximize that to the best of our abilities. 
So whether you have one, two, or five talents, the power and the reward is found in the mundane, everyday actions of our life. That, that's where the magic lies. It's being faithful day in and day out with what the Lord has called us to do. The great theologian Martin Luther shares this story. He says this, the maid who sweeps her kitchen is doing the will of God just as much as the monk who prays. Not because she may sing a Christian hymn as she sweeps, but because God loves clean floors. The Christian shoemaker does his Christian duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes because God is interested in good craftsmanship. Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the profound and powerful truth found in the parable of the talents. God, in a time in our culture where fairness seems to be the, the mantra of the day, help us to remind you that you are God who is just, who holds us accountable for the gifts that you have entrusted in us, the things that you have put in us. So Lord, today, may we be encouraged and challenged and motivated to live it out every day. God, whether I'm a one or a two or a five, may today, may I live my life to the glory of you. May I invest, may I work, may I multiply the gifts that were within me and the lives and the purpose you have for me. Lord, guard me from comparison. Guard my heart from resentment to what others may have that it would keep me from reaching my full potential. It created me a gratitude, an expectation. God, a drive and a desire to maximize the gifts you've given me. Lord, we thank you that you are a good master. We thank you that you are a just God. So help us this week to live with that in mind. In your name. What a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Lexity.tv today. Don't forget, all services are available to watch on demand at Lexity.church or on our Lexity app. You can follow us on social media at Lexity Church for daily content and photos from the week, as well as updates and upcoming events. Again, we are so glad you decided to join us today, and we'll see you next week right back here on Lexity.tv.